What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Tamel Pittman, proud owner of Uppercuts Barbershop. And I'm Lonnie Horn, proud owner of World Class Faders Barbershop. You are watching the For The Culture podcast put on by the United Barbers Club. And we have the man, the myth, the legend. Barbershop Connect. I always wanted to be on Barbershop Connect. My pictures never was good enough. Our Lee just scrolled by. I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, man, you get better, bro. Get finish better. his introduction. No, I'm kind of mad. I think we got an issue. He, did, he took care of me. I'm about to finish <laughs> oh, he this. Oh, did? Yes, Go ahead. Man. Get him. Y'all, we're so honored to have uh, a legend in our industry, yes. um, a, a huge contributor in our industry, the one and only Lee. Thank you. Man, Barbercon, Barbershop Connect. Everything under that umbrella, man, it's, it's just so major, man. We're, we're, we're really pleased to have you on the platform. Well, thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, how the hell did... The, why did Barbershop Connect even start? Yes. Okay, so it started uh, shit, 20 years ago at a Universal Records. Uh, first, uh, there's a guy, Steve Rifkin, ran Loud Records, Wu-Tang Clan, Mob yep. D, Big Pun, 3-6 Mafia. I actually started it out of his office. Um, at the time, we had Akon, uh, forgot who else, Melanie Fiona, a bunch of artists. And uh, so the platform existed because I went to a show and uh, I saw I saw all these barbers cutting hair, but there was no platform to, for them to be seen. So uh, I came back to the office and DJ Vlad from Vlad TV, his desk was next to mine. And I asked him if he could build me a website. And he actually built me Barbershop Connect. Whoa. And uh, there was a local barber named Eric uh, out of Bayshore, New York. And he um, started working with me, telling me different haircuts to post. Because mm. I really didn't know a good haircut from a bad one. Gotcha. And uh, it started off where there were hundreds of people, thousands, and then it became millions. And then from there, Instagram happened. This was in the days of MySpace. You got to remember, yeah. there was no social media, really. So... I was very into uh, equality worldwide. Mm. I knew there were barbers all over the world, and I needed to be that bridge for them to be seen. So that's how it started. Why? And Why did you need to be that bridge? What, what, what connection did you have to so barber that I, felt, made you feel that way? Um, so I had a rap artist, uh, my friend Smoke, who uh, was signed to Sony, and he wasn't going to make it as a rapper, so I paid for him to become a barber. Mm. And he got a job at Jamaica, Queens, at Buttercutters, and... Um, yeah, he was just a, a local neighborhood guy. He's my man. And uh, <coughs> I wanted to put everybody on the same platform, uh, even whether they were good or bad. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I felt like since I wasn't a barber and I, I have an art degree, I looked at haircutting as an art. Mm. So it's, you know, so to answer your question on why you would never post it, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I no, wasn't this expecting is true. to get posted. No, no, no. I'm going to tell you because to me, it's not even just about the haircut. I look at it as almost like a piece of art that would hang on the yeah. wall. So is the is the image high resolution? Is the lighting good? I look at it as an art piece, and uh, and that's how I I started doing what I do. You just nice. changed my whole game of what I'm going to do posting haircuts moving forward. I just had wanted to say that. But go ahead with your question. Um, well, so you're an ally for barbers. And then how did it all start with, how, how did it grow? And did it grow slow or did everybody just jump right in and be like, yo, this is it? Or did you just randomly pick pictures and post it and then everybody I, started sending them to you? No, it's a good question. I, I actually, 
I always looked at stuff from a music aspect. So if you have 300 people in a room at a club and they're all there to see one musician, you have 300 engaged people. Yeah. And I think that people are very into numbers. I'm into engagement. I'm into people that really repeatedly come back. Mm. So I never really focused on the numbers until one day I did worse haircuts at Walmart. And it was just a series of bad haircuts and then millions of people started sharing it. And then, you, you know, you start seeing people from all over the world that are engaging in what you do. Um, it happened quickly, you know? Uh, it's like bootlegging a song, you know what I mean? Like once it's out there, it goes. But the truth is, is that I never really realized, when you look at Instagram, you see a number, but you don't realize they're real people. Yeah. Man. You know? Uh, and you don't realize the effect that you have on people's lives until you meet them. Mm. And that's why, like, shows like this, you know, I like to go out there because you actually meet the person behind the haircut. Right. I don't know you. I just know your haircut. Right. I know your style. I know whether you got caught cheating on your spouse. I know all of that by sight of what I see. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah. uh so to me, uh, it happened quite quickly, but globally speaking, was the biggest deal. Because I, I took barbers from the UK and brought them here when no one knew who they were here. Wow. And then the barbers here went to Moscow, it, it, then Brazil. It opened the door for all these people to now kind of build relationships with people, and then how do they generate money together? That's the key. The key is people think like, you know, competing in a barber battle, I mean, that's great, but networking and then ultimately building the relationships where you're going to share money. Say, I have a trust in this individual. You're my guy in Detroit. You're my guy here. So, yeah, how, how can we make money together? That's the key. That's the you know? Where are you from, Lee? I'm from New York. What part? Yeah. Uh, from Long Island. Okay. I'm right on the borderline of Queens and Long Island. And you? Where are you from? From Sacramento. Okay. Yeah. And you? Uh, originally Chicago, but I've been in Sac since I was a teenager. So okay. that's, that's my home away from home. Yeah. Okay. My dad's from New York. He's from Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, being from New York, you know, you have a hustler's mentality. Oh, yeah. I can hear it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I'm still in the music end. I just came. I just came back from LA. I was in LA for two days in the studio. I got a singer right now that is exploding online. You rapping too, right? She's a singer. No, She's you, a you rapping too. No, I was a rapper. I was a signed artist. You know, I used to have gold teeth and cornrows. You wouldn't even know I was the same human being. Where can we find this? Yeah, man? That, I gotta find that picture. Yeah. Thank God that doesn't exist. Oh, okay? it exists. But the I, I will exists. tell you this though. I once showed a video of me performing to my kids. And they were sitting there looking at it, and they said, why are we watching this guy? I <laughs> said, that, no that's me. And they looked at me, they said, why are you wearing all that? <laughs> and, and they were like, oh, man, it, it was great. But, but I think with the barbering thing, it, the, the interesting thing is, is that uh, I've done a lot for people uh, that nobody knows. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, like sir. I think that one of the, the best parts about myself is that... I don't have an ego, and I I like to do good things and don't tell people that I'm doing them. 
Wow. And I think that, you know, a lot of people, when I walk the floor here, I know that I've done things for some of these people that go a very long way. Whether it's paying for a divorce lawyer, wow. whether it's paying for a funeral, wow. I've done things like that that, you know, for the platform, it's great from a from a hair perspective, yeah. like what I've been able to do, but to help people, you know, is is even better, you know? It's so good to hear you say stuff like that because I can only imagine that people saying this nun barber guy comes and he grabs all these barbers and puts their pictures up and now he built this empire with the barber con and he's just thriving off this industry to hear how you give back and you support this industry in more ways than people can even imagine is things that people I think they should hear I mean I'll tell you I know there's a lot of people that don't like me and and I think that they don't like me because I'm doing like I wasn't a barber uh, so it's like oh uh, what does he know yeah. Okay, there's that end. Then there's the end of being successful where, you know, a lot of people don't like seeing someone else successful. That part. Uh, but I think that I, I understand it, but I try and rule all of that out. For a long time, it bothered me, I'll be honest. You know, like here I am doing all these things and I felt like it was never enough. Mm. You know, and I'd have a lot of nights where I'm just like, what else do I have to do, you know, for, for, for people? Like, but... Then I just started, you know, realizing that, you know what, I mean, I just got to continue to do good things and, and not really worry about what anyone else thinks. Just stay yeah. focused on the intention. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? It's sad because I know a lot of people uh, in this community, they celebrate the wrong people and the wrong things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like they, they admire. Like, if I, I do a post every year. And it's a fascinating post because I don't really care of their answer, but I do. So, like, I say, tag your three barbers that you admire. Yeah. And a lot of them are people that just do a good fate. Now, that doesn't make them wrong, but I'm like, wow, here's whatever. Joe, who's who does all this stuff for cutting with the homeless and everything he's done for the community, but he's mm. not mentioned once. Mm. You know? But yet the guy who cuts just a good haircut is, is admired. That's big. Yeah. You know? That's so, big. You know, which is sad. You know what I mean? That's it's sad. But. Now, I want to I want to actually I want to commend you for that because we need more of that energy out here. In, <clears throat> excuse me, in the barbering uh, community. And you're right. We have barbers that you only see their cuts and but you don't realize that they're doing other things outside. So what I would do is I would encourage barbers to share a little more of that, you know, put that stuff in the stories and let us see that like um the best cutting, you know, homeless people down in LA. You know, that's that's inspiring to, yes. for other barbers to see that. I, I mean, I, I I agree with you a hundred percent because it, it's it now it's not even about the process. Now it's just everybody's out for the end result and of what you see. It's like it's very fabricated. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, definitely. Uh, but Extremely. um, but you know, I, I think there is a lot of people that are doing good things, and I, I wish they were celebrated more. Uh, but also, you have to realize that a lot of it is controlled by mainstream America. For sure. And and the brands, like, listen, these shows don't exist without brands that are funding them. Yep. For okay? sure. So you're really at the mercy of everything involved in it. You know what I mean? So, like, example, uh, let's say, and, and th th it's just a reality. Okay, let's say you're the guy who, and you're an ambassador for this company. Okay, whatever it is. Let's just say it's uh, this water company. And I want you at my show, but you live in Sacramento. Okay, the problem is, is, you know, 
funding it, getting you from Sacramento might be more expensive to the company than this guy who's closer. Yeah. But you bring something different to the table. So there's got to be a middle ground between the show and and the company that's giving people something different or else you keep performing to yep. the same people over and yeah. over and over again. And then what happens is it affects the ROI of the brand, it affects the ROI of the show, and it affects you as a consumer being there and being like, oh, I've seen it a million times. Good point. You, you know what I'm saying? No, yeah, good so, point. So for this business to grow, we need to, we need to kind of not nickel and dime things, but really think about a bigger picture, and that is, you know, why people are out here today, uh, where are they going next, why are they going, what are they buying, are some standing around and having a drink, does, that, does it matter? Like, the truth is, is we're so fascinated by numbers. We are a culture that is all about numbers. Yeah, yeah real tough. Okay? Real tough. If there, was, if there was people here but nobody bought, they'd still say it's a good show because yeah. there was a lot of people. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it, it's, very, it's very interesting how it all works with this culture, you know, the barbering culture. Right. Yeah. You know? And then, you know, I mean, you got clippers. I would venture to say that most of the barbers here don't even know why they're using a certain clipper. That's big. You know what I mean? That's they're, big. They're like, That's they're like, big. They, they buy it from Look. Like, yeah. oh, he's using good shit. I gotta get that. You know what I mean? Not even about the functionality. Same with the same with the booking app. I'm telling you, so many barbers don't even know the ins and outs of the booking app. Right. They're, some of these apps do some amazing things, but they yes. don't even know. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay, I'm using an app. You know, and and that's why I think as a community, we need to we need to dive deeper and we need to do better. They asked me at another uh, interview before on where I thought this business was going. Yeah, I just exploded that. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, it's like you know, like I said before, it's like gas prices. It goes up. What goes up has to come down. You know, we went through a pandemic, and the pandemic was horrible for people. Yeah. But yet, there was some good that came out of a it. A lot. Yeah. You want to know why? Because to me, as bad as it was, it made people realize they were spending their money on shit they shouldn't have been spending oh, money on. Real talk. You know what I mean? And now, this they thought about, holy, you know, like, things aren't what they used to be. I can't be popping my collar the way I was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Popping so, my right. Collar. So now, now I'm like, you know, but now we're edging back and we quickly forget. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can never forget. you got to learn from the mistakes learn what we're doing and now we need to elevate more you know what would you like to see the industry do what changes are, are things that we can do to make it like better I mean we need to empower the right people okay that's first okay I mean whether you're African-American you know I mean a good example educators African-American, work for a brand, don't just send them to fucking Browner Brothers. I'm sorry. Okay? Deep. Send them to shows that's going to grow the brand. Okay? It, it, it's, no matter what you are, not nationality-wise, whatever, like, I feel like we need to empower people that are going to lead by example. Mm. And not just because you have a social media following. Let, let that's, me. that's it to me. Like, 
that just because you have a hundred thousand followers does not mean anything to me. No. You know, but then people get, oh, well, it's, I like clients more than it. I don't even want to get involved in that debate because yeah. everything ultimately leads to more money in your pocket if you do things the right way. But you don't need to show your steering wheel of your car to me on a video to tell me that you're I successful. I don't I'll respect you more if you show me the pizza you're eating with your family and yeah. know that maybe you got some money in your bank that you're feeding your kids and you don't have to do that. You know what I mean? Those are the, that's to me, I'm an older generation. I'm definitely older than a lot of people here. So uh, at the end of the day, I try and find the people that, that I feel could lead by example. Like, like example, my friend DC. Love DC. I, I, DC, I made him my official head of my education stage. And the reason why is because I said to him, you look like you want to do more, okay? Do you want to do more? He says, I want to do more. I said, so if I could position you and you could, you could show these, all these people your value, you'll be my guy and I trust you. Well, that's one thing less that I have to worry about. Yeah. And he said, all right, let's do it. And now I don't have to worry about anything with that because I know that he's going to get on stage. When I tell him he's got to be there at 7.30, he's there at 6.45, okay? When I tell him, yo, I know that you're tired, I see it, just just keep going. You know what I mean? Like, these are people to me that now will lead, you know? I mean, it's so funny because the, the Compton thing with DC is sexy, okay? <laughs> like, like, people outside of wherever yeah. they hear you're from Compton there's a cool factor to yeah. that you know what I mean oh shit he's from Compton I know I've heard of Compton you know what I mean but outside of that I saw what he was as a person and what he was trying to build in this business and all I did was give him a platform and now he could run with it and then now he's here teaching a class here you know all of that is That's is great fine. but the, he's just one person yeah. you know what I mean like all I try and do is spot people that that I could see want to do something different. You know what I mean? I love that you're using your platform the way you are, man. Yeah. Like I, I, I have to be honest with you. Um, we we want this to be just regular conversation, man. We, yeah. we, this is not so scripted. I I don't. I listening to you, I can say I don't think I quite understood the mission of Barbershop Connect until listening to you more now. Right. It, like you just gave me a different perspective, even scrolling through the page. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm proud to ha have somebody in our industry that created something like you did and to share that it's about so much more. That's big, man. How did how did Barbershop Connect turn into BarberCon? So, you know, uh, first off, thank you. You're I welcome, appreciate man. It. Um, You're welcome. I never wanted to do an event. I, I knew nothing about it. But the truth is, is the trade shows were doing the barbering shitty. Like, they really didn't care about barbers. I mean, it, it was obvious. And, um, you know, you would go to a big trade show, and the barbers would be by the fire escape, okay? <laughs> and unfortunately, it looked like a swap meet, you know? And, and we didn't carry ourselves looking like we had value. Mm. If you roll out of bed and you go to work, they're gonna undercut you on your salary. If you, you know, unfortunately that's just how the world works. We didn't present ourselves of having value. Yeah. So we got what we asked for. So there was a company named Gibbs Grooming. They made beard oil before anyone I knew was making it. And they went to a show and they spent a lot of money and they got burned. 
and they said to me, you know, I was promoting them. I did a lot of stuff, you know, that no one knows, like promoting brands or whatever. And uh, so they asked me to do a show for them in New York. And uh, I was like, I don't know anything about doing shows. And they're like, oh, we could figure it out. So I did the Barbershop Connect Showcase at Santos Party House. And I think it, it was a free show. I had a bunch of people cut hair. There were no booths. It was just them. And I did an event. We had so many people there. Because, again, I never thought, I didn't realize how big I was. You know, I had no idea. That's cool. And there, there was a line out the door for people that cool. couldn't get in. And I was so blown away, like, that people actually showed. I really had no idea. What year is this? I don't, I'm not good with years. It was a long time ago. And uh, so, believe it or not, the kid Eric that worked for me went to SneakerCon, and he came back and said, oh, you know, you should tell Jay Majors to call his event BarberCon. Okay. So I said, well, you, why don't you call him and tell him? <laughs> so he said, all right, I will. So he called him, and Jay called me. He says, oh, Eric's crazy. I'm not changing the name of the CP Barber uh, battle at the time to BarberCon, whatever. I said, all right, I thought it was a good idea, but all right, cool, you know? So I sat back, and I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll do BarberCon. No. So I was like, okay, you know, I told the Gibbs Grooming guy, I said, listen, I'm going to do an event next year that brings in other brands. Are you okay with that? He said, sure. And I did Webster Hall that had 1,500 people inside. And it was like thousands outside that couldn't get in. And, I, and Fat Joe came. Now, Joe I knew from, you know, the music business. Yeah. So here Joe is on stage. I mean, it was fascinating to me because Joe came and I was giving an award to his barber, Rich. <laughs> and he wanted to perform all the way up, which was his new hey. single that just came out, like literally, I think, a week or two before. Uh, this is so Joe is on stage and he wants to perform. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, Fat Joe on stage wants to perform his single and I'm about to say no. <laughs> so I said to him, I said, Joe, I got a lot of love for you. I respect you, everything. But if you perform, it takes away from what we just gave your barber. I said, and it's not about you and it's not about me. Amen. It's about celebrating the barber. I said, that's why this is called BarberCon. I said, the minute you perform, everyone in this room is going to talk about you. Yeah, right, And man. not Rich, who just won the award. Wow. And, and he said to me, I fuck with you, Lee Majors. And he's like, I got you. And he didn't perform. And then he got on stage. I gave him the microphone. He talked about his influence with barbers and, and whatever. And, nice. and it was great. But... I've had so many opportunities to do things like that, but it takes away from the essence of what I was trying to build. And that's a celebration of this community and then bridging the gap from cosmetology to men's grooming. Yeah. The key to that is I didn't want it a rap concert. My first events were 98% male. Mm. I'm like, where's the women? Mm. A lot of women wanted to be in the business, but they didn't feel comfortable. Mm. And they also buy. Yes. So now I start knocking down that. And uh, it's funny, there was a barber named Sneed the Barber from New York. And I was in Barbican, New York, and I was sitting on stage on the side. And he comes up to me and he sits down next to me and he says, Actually, no, was it Sneed? No, it was Van the Barber. He's either Van the Barber or Sneed. He said to me, I see what you're doing. And I said, You see what I'm doing? He says, Yes, I get it. These people aren't going to like you. But one day they're going to like it. And I said, well, what am I doing? He said, you're trying to hit in the middle. He said, I see it. He said, 
it's going to take some time, but once you hit in the middle, you're going to have a great event. And I said, thank you. I said, I am trying to hit the middle. And now it's 40% women. Damn. Wow. wow. And the truth is, I've been married 21 years, I think. <laughs> you know, when you're married that long, you don't remember. Yeah. Like your wife says, oh, I'm you know, but so I've been, and I'm going to say this, I've been faithfully married 21 years or however long I've been married for. And I never thought of that aspect of BarberCon until I met a barber and he sat down. I said to him, I said, why do you come to BarberCon? Like, I, I'm always curious. He said, oh, man, I hook up at every BarberCon. Yeah. And I said, really? I was like, wow, I didn't even know that existed. You know? And he's like, oh, yeah. And then I started thinking to myself, okay, well, there's some other stuff going on here that I didn't even know. Right, right, you know, right, like, here right. I am thinking about brands and all this yeah. stuff. But there's, like, this social aspect where, you know, people are, like, really, quote, unquote, having a good time. Yes. So I'm like, okay, well, how do we cater to that? You know, how do I now show people, oh, yeah, you know, there's a lot of love in the air, <laughs> whatever. So now I, I think of things even differently on that end, you know? Yes. So I always say, you know, I try and get people that are, like, really, like, really there to, like, really take it all in. You know what I mean? Yeah, I have a question that um, you'll be a great guy to ask because you actually sure. throw big events like this. Um, and we, we throw barber battles and hair jams and stuff like that in our uh, city. But one thing that we realize that we don't get a lot of is black people. Yeah. Um, what is it that we can do to target to get more black barbers involved in these type of shows? It's a very good question. You know, first of all, the interesting thing is when I post, when I post like African-American haircuts, the engagement is lower. This is a very big you know, uh, Latino audience yes. is a big, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know. I think that it's interesting because I go into a lot of black barbershops. I just walk in, you know, uh, in, in California. I, I get in an Uber <laughs> and I look up barbershops near me and I just go in the Uber. Wow. And I walk in and I, I never tell them who I am. I sit down or whatever. And then sometimes they know. Most of the time, which is weird, but a lot of the times they do know who I am or they think I'm a police officer. Yeah. Yeah. You look but, like a police <laughs> yeah, but, You look like a but, but yeah, but the truth is, is I think a lot of uh, black barbers, I think that... Um, we I, keep I, it real here. Say it yeah, like, yeah, you, like no, you feel no. it. I, I, don't, I don't really know, but don't it, know. It, it's, it's a struggling thing and that I, I've spoken to a lot of people I know often about is when we cast it. So when I did Cedric's Barber Battle, my TV show, yeah. okay, with Cedric the Entertainer, it was hard for us to cast an African-American judge Ooh. because there was not that many successful African-American barbers where others would look at them and be like, they're yeah, successful. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and, yeah. and that's unfortunate. But I don't, I don't know why. I can't answer that. But all I know is with the African-American community, I constantly try and position uh, people of importance uh, in different things that I'm doing because I feel like someone's going to eventually be that one that yeah. like John Mosley's a great example he's done yeah. a very good job in not dressing a certain way being who he is but but being able to to stand on the stage at Naha you know uh, be a Paul Mitchell do these things that's breaking barriers yeah. and the sad thing is I gave him an award once as best educator of the year 
and I know people will probably like, well, what has he, he done? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, you have no idea what this guy's done. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, I wish there was more John Mosley's. You know what I mean? Uh, but I don't know. I, yeah. I, I really don't. I, I you well, know. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate the answer and the honesty because we're trying to figure it out just in general just because we love our industry and we love the people that's in it and we just don't see a lot of representation of barbers that's coming to support this because they're missing out. These these events are really big for inspiring you to really go back home and grind and light that fire under you and they're missing out on these opportunities. There, there, there's, I, that's just, that's not African American, that's everybody. Everybody, yes. You know what I mean? Like, I think that it's very easy to to, to just, you know, like anything, be like, ah, I don't need that, I'm making money, you know, like, yeah, I don't need it. You know, uh, the interesting thing is, so people ask me at BarberCon, where can they, like, I want to be a vendor. I, you don't sell any vendor online. I'm like, that's because I don't want shit at my show. Yeah. Mm. So they're like, well, what does that mean? I'm like, to me, I look at it like this, okay? Let's say you're, you're in from Sacramento. You come, you got, let's just say you have $100 to spend at BarberCon. How are you gonna spend your money? The truth is, when you leave, you're left with memories, photographs, and whatever product you bought. Yep. Right? Now you come back to your shop, your other guys in the shop are like, oh yeah, I was at BarberCon, whatever, you know? And you're like, oh, it was great, whatever. Now you take out your product, you put it on your station, and your man next to you is like, oh, what's that? Let me try that. And it stinks. That's the last thing you remember gotcha. about Barbican. Gotcha. It's that shitty product you bought at <laughs> so Barbican. you got to have quality. So I, I like have that. to have quality. So what happens is, is, you know, I try not to do shows that big because I don't want bad product. It's funny you say that because your shows have felt intimate still big though yes. yeah but maybe not gigantic no. but, but intimate um we, we before we wrap up are yeah. you and jay majors related related yeah no okay i thought you said uh you guys have the same last name right no no that was a joke that he that said was a joke. yeah i don't you yeah, because lee majors was like an actor I yeah think. He what's was. your last so, name lee Resnick. Okay, yeah, gotcha. so yeah. So never mind. We're, that. we're two totally different nationalities. <laughs> All right, cool. And then, and then, why Texas? Why um, LA? Why? Yeah. Okay, so first, being from New York, I had to do New York first. Yeah. So what happened was, is once it got big, it could have went really big. You know, like Jay's Connecticut show is really big. That shit ain't. I always tell Jay, dude, this is not an expo anymore. This is a trade show. Hmm. Like you got. A lot going on here. This is the size of some of these bigger shows. And, and kudos to him. It's not easy to do. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's definitely not easy to execute. And that's why I have a lot of respect for him because I understand what goes into this. You know what I mean? As countless hours. But I never wanted to do something that big because I, I, I valued uh, the people in the room. I, I never wanted to be Kmart. I wanted to be Bergdorf Goodman, Nordstrom's. I wanted to be something that had... Uh, like, damn, I'm in that room. Quality. You know, unique, quality. Unique quality. Yes. No, no, no put down anything. No, no, no. Yeah. But it's just, you know, it's a different business model. And uh, and believe it or not, his business model is better than mine because he makes more money than I do doing this. You know what I mean? And uh, and I learned a lot from him as well, you know? No. Uh, but I, I look at it like this. If you do right by the people, they'll always come back. And... I did Austin, Texas, and we had 600 some odd people from Dallas that showed. Mm. So I was like, wow, 
I don't know. Now, I used to handle a rapper from Texas named Twisted Black, and uh, I knew Dallas, I knew Fort Worth, and I, I love, you know, like I'm always into music. So I always went to Chopped and Screwed music. I was into Switch a House, Rap a Lot, you know, all that stuff growing up. And uh, so, yeah, I brought it to Dallas, and I was amazed that people had such a great experience. The vibe was great, but the vibe of LA is totally different than the vibe of it Dallas. Was. <laughs> the was. vibe of New York is different. Yeah. The vibe of Atlanta, when I did that, mm. different. You know what I mean? So uh, every show has a different feel. Every show brings out different types of people, different brands. Yes. Uh, but if you do right by the people, and uh, you know, the one thing I will say that I learned in Dallas in this last show, which I found fascinating, <laughs> is some people said to me, oh, I, I love this, it's even bigger. And they love that size. They want to feel like they're at something substantial. And it, it's, it's interesting because for me, I'm a person that when I shop, I buy one expensive item. Mm. I don't buy 10, you know, relatively middle of the road items. So, like, if I buy a pair of sneakers, I'm buying a really expensive pair of sneakers. Mm. I'm not buying five pairs, okay? Uh, you know, but I realize a lot of people don't have that same mentality that I have. Yeah. They love size. They love a feeling of being at something of, big. wow, yeah, yeah big. Yeah, yeah. So, I have to be conscious of that moving forward, but I still need to maintain the quality of what I'm doing or else I'm just like everybody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Again, you've given me so much more perspective. We've enjoyed L.A. Barbican. Um, yes. Just enjoyed Dallas Barbican, man. And uh, it's a pleasure to actually get to know the man behind it. And your team is dope. Your, your team is dope. What's your guy's name? Joe? Uh, yeah, Joe. Joe? Yeah. Amazing, man. Well, they, are, they were music people. Dude. And, uh, and I'll tell you, you know, still having my roots in, in the music business, I think that it makes you look at things differently. Uh, if, you know, like it's all about trying to do the best you can and empower, you know, whether they're a barber or a cut, it, it doesn't matter. At the end of, at the end of the day, it's, it's what's going to grow your brand. Like United Barbers, you may have some young, hungry kid that wants to be a part of something and they have more value than the person that's, you know. And we, and we see that, man. Yeah. And that's why we treat everybody the same, man. But it's, it's always, a, it's still an honor to get somebody with that the type of experience you have and that's made this big of an impact on our Thank industry, man. Well, I'm going to tell you guys something interesting that you guys should know. Hit My us. wife told me never to do this again. Uh, oh, wow. Not not you guys or what you're doing, yeah. but she told me, I listened to an interview and you sounded like an idiot. Oh, wow. So no. I said, really? I was like, what What did I say? She <laughs> said, they asked you a question. You didn't even answer. I said, wow. I'm like, I, mean, I don't know. I'm like, what was the interview? She said, don't ever do those interviews again. So I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get away with not doing that. So it was funny. When you guys asked me, I was like, you know what? I'm like, I'm going to do it. So if... This is a message to my wife because she never seen it. If you happen to hear this, whether it's this year, five years, or not, but I really did try and think about the answers hey, that these gentlemen you asked did me. You good, man. You answered them thoroughly, you. man. Uh -huh. yeah, man you're a good, so, you're a good solid you. guy, man, for and, real. And I hope your kings get their act together. Die! Well, thank you. Okay? Thank you. Hey, I appreciate good it. Good energy towards yeah. Sacramento, yeah, man. Yeah, shout out to Sacramento, man. I, I, you guys, I'm rooting for you. Hey, Lee, we're behind you 100%, 1,000%, man. Absolutely. Looking forward to even more growth for Barbican and Barbershop. And in this thank relationship thanks well. for having me guys thank you you right. too man thank you for your All time alright we out y'all United Barbers Club peace peace